Have you ever had that lingering feeling like there's got to be more than this? Or perhaps you imagine yourself living the dream and doing what you love and what brings you joy. It kind of alternates with that clinging to security, a stable job in life. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Megan Traver would probably say, you can't have the glory without the risk. And this podcast, lover of life and master of joy, Megan Traver, dives deep into exploring this existential question that we all have, no matter what age. She also gives us a formula for figuring out how to build your life around what brings you joy in a very practical and no-nonsense way. She discusses how to find your sacred obligation and ways to fulfill it. This is Joy Score. My name is Ellie Lund and I'm your host. And now for our wonderful guest, Megan Traver. Hi. Hi, back by popular demand. We have Megan Traver. Megan, welcome. Woo! Reigning champion. No, that's not how this works, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so happy to be back. Thank you, Ellie, for inviting me again. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. And uh, one of the reasons we invited Megan, of course, because she's absolutely brilliant, <laughs> but I'm constantly, constantly learning new things from her, from her wisdom, from her experiences and her stories. And we have a very special treat today because we're going to talk about something that she helped me unlock, which was my potential. So Megan, take it away. Woo! Oh gosh, just hearing you say that is so, so exciting. Um, yes. So I have been thinking a long time about like, what was I put on this earth to do? Like, how would I define that? I think it's, I think it's a really interesting thing to, to consider that and for all of us to think about that in our own lives. And I, you know, I do a lot of different things, but I realized like at the core of what I love to do most and what I was put on this earth to do is to help people recognize and harness their true potential, which almost always is way beyond what I see them perceive of them themselves. Mm -hmm. I recognize that. I receive it. I receive it. <laughs> I mean, I just like, I knew I had a feeling about where I wanted to go when we first met that you were like, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to be on a different kind of journey if, if, if you're on our team. And that I love that. I love knowing that. And I, I'm also, you know, right, I, there were a bunch of people who interviewed for the job you were interviewing for, right? And I remember sending an email like, hey, if you're not up for like some major, major growth and um, I think I, like, I doubt I called it excitement, but you know, in my mind, that's what it was, but like just for some real challenges and learning. And if, if like, if you're still up for that, come on in. And I think the interview is like cut in half, like instantly. So, because people were like, I don't know if I'm up for that. <laughs> it's, right. it's, yeah. And I'm really excited that you, you left at that. And, and you were one of the people you didn't just say yes, you leapt at it. And I'm like, oh yeah, she's ready to roll. And it was, it was a really good feeling. And how, how do you, recognize the potential in others like how do you as a leader like really tap into that space and and know where they're at yeah oh that's a it's a good question and, and a hard question because it's it's very intuitive but it's probably intuitive now you know it's just 
I do it all the time, but I kind of just noticed this in people. I, I have this sense of what they're capable of. You see these glimmers and they're pretty strong glimmers of who they are and what they're capable of. And then you see this kind of resistance or fear or, you know, um, kind of going back to comfort. And I feel like, Hey, I saw the glimmer. Let's head this way. And it's like another direction. It's like, let's head in the direction of risk-taking. Let's head in the direction of seeing what you're really made of. And what's awesome is like people get a taste of it. I see it all the time. So I'm a principal, as you know. I see it in kids. I see it in teachers. I see it in staff. I see it in parents. I see it in communities. You you say like, let's let's see what we're capable of. And you start to like uncover a little bit more about what people are capable of that they get to see. Like I already knew, right? But then they see it for themselves and they're like, oh, I didn't know. Like I can do great things. And there's bumps along the way, you know, and there's challenges and um, hardships and it's not all champagne and roses is how I like to say it. But it's, but man, when they start to get a taste and they just take off, oh, it's just the coolest thing ever. My favorite thing of all things. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. And I don't think that, um, I just speaking for myself, I was conscious of taking risks. You know, I, I don't think I was thinking this is my comfort zone and this is what I'm comfortable with. And this is the risk that I want to take at this moment. Mm. It wasn't like a cognizant kind of like conscious process. It was more like, here's a problem. How are we going to tackle it? Yeah. You know, how are we going to tackle it? And then, you know, bringing in the team and having conversations around it. But I guess sometimes we're not aware of what feels comfortable. And sometimes we are very aware. Mm -hmm. And then we brawl, you know, we put up walls or we, we say, these are my parameters. I'm not doing this, blah, 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 blah. Right. But if you think about striving for excellence, there's just, there's no comfort in striving for excellence. That's just not a comfortable place. Um, it's like giving birth. It's not comfortable, but something great comes out of it. It, it should be uh, a little painful. I don't mean to, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to have it be super painful, but I just, it should be uncomfortable at a minimum or there's just not growth happening. Hmm. It should be hard a little bit. You should, it, I, I think of this in terms of like stretch goals. It should be a stretch experience. So, hmm. um, you know, maybe we're talking about, you know, what, like, what is your, what is your goal in your mind for what your kids can achieve, your students in your classroom. And you can do a pretty like comfortable goal that's, you know, you're like, you know, this amount, this is a little bit higher of achievement, or you can really push a little bit further. And if, if the minute you start to push a little bit further, you're already stretching. So it doesn't have to be, you know, it should, you know, it doesn't have to be a crazy goal, but it should always be a little bit of a stretch. That's when you really achieve this like level of growth and excellence. Totally. It's totally like that. It's incremental. It's incremental. And sometimes you, you stretch a little bit and you're like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. It's like the physical stretching, isn't it? Like the more you stretch, you know, if you stretch every day, you're going to be able to stretch so much further within like a few weeks. So you're right about it being incremental, which is why it's like, I, but I kind of love that part because it's like this little taste, like, oh, I went further. Oh, I went further. Oh, I went further. And then you just start to like, it, it just plants the seed inside of people. Like if I, if I went that much further already, 
like, what am I possible? Like, what are, what are the possibilities? What am I actually capable of? Right. And that is like, what? I mean, it could lead to an existential crisis. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, yes. this is what success is. Oh, am I going to be living at this level yes. all the time? Oh my gosh. You know? And then it's yes. like, oh my gosh, the pressure is on. The pressure is on to perform or to take risks or to keep moving in this direction. And it could get a little scary. Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm really glad you acknowledge that. I appreciate that because there's, there's also the realities to this. And I was, you know, both of our podcasts have been during in the middle of a global pandemic, which uh, you know, I was kind of thinking about, oh, stretch goals, um, stretch goals right now is, is getting out of bed. Like it's, mm. you know, like the, the, uh, context really defines the moment. So it doesn't always have to be this like incredible surmounting, you know, this uh, reaching the peak at all times. Sometimes it's little, Sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just surviving. Sometimes it's tolerating. And it's, it's just because that right now, to be honest, is out of our comfort zone. You want to know where my comfort zone right now is, is in my bed. Like, and that's pretty much the only place right now. So, <laughs> so like when I get out of bed, I'm like, way to go me. Like you got out of bed because <laughs> it's tough right now. So I, you know, and I, so I really appreciate that you said that because it, it isn't always this like you know, giant push. And sometimes there is some pressure around, you know, do I always have to push for excellence? It's just more about a, um, you know, a consistency with it. It's about, it's about noticing when you've been in your comfort zone for too long. And mm. it's, it's about, it's more about that than about being this kind of way high performer. And then, you know, all that comes with that. It, it doesn't have to be like that all the time. Yes, I, I really can, I can resonate with that in the sense of I'm feeling a little stuck. Uh, I feel like I need to do something a little different, bring a little novelty into my life mm -hmm, right now. Mm -hmm. I, I have this, uh, this skill set or this wanting or this goal and I'm looking for opportunities, but like, where is it, you know, and just putting it out there. Um, I also want to go back to what you said earlier about just Sometimes I don't, you know, it's not about really pursuing excellence at that moment, but really how can I get through this moment to the next? Mm -hmm. Because especially in the last couple of days, it's been kind of cloudy, a little rainy, a little misty. And without our reinforcement reinforcements of going out to dinner or getting your hair done or any, you know, just being with friends yeah. in a social setting. Yep. It's like, how am I going to get to the next week? Yes. You know? Yeah. And so I really appreciate that you kind of brought that because it's not really just about maybe professional goals or even fitness goals at one time, but it's just like your personal integrity in this moment, in this present moment. And how can I get to the next one? Yeah. And I think what you mentioned, I, I agree with all of that. And it's about like, I love that you're like hungry. I love your, like, you're a little bit hungry for the growth. And I feel like that's what happens when we become the person that that takes risks and wants to grow and strives for growth and strives for excellence is that when you don't have it for a while, you start to get hungry for it again. And, and that's what I hope for people is like, just, just make space for that, you know, and for, and when the time comes, you'll be ready. 
Um, yeah, yesterday I stayed in bed until about noon and I was so happy about that. So <laughs> like, it was just, I mean, it was really indulgent, but you know, I'm not out like waking up and running a marathon and then, you know, writing my dissertation in the afternoon. I just like stayed in bed and, and just relished it and loved it. And I just read and it was rainy outside. And so there, there's a time and place for all of it, but I'm, but I'm kind of thinking about like, it's the contrast that's really lovely. It's, it's, you know, if I stayed in bed every day, well, that wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to really be growing in that scenario so much. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's about having both. Mm -hmm. um, I want to kind of go back to your comment about being hungry, mm. being hungry for something. And sometimes that hunger is inside of you and you don't really know what it is or what direction to go in. But um, in our prior conversations, you talked about the calling, mm. the sacred calling. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Sacred obligation. Yep. And I was wondering if you could kind of shed some light upon like what that really means in this context. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So I believe, and this is my belief, take it or leave it, but it's right. Um, you, you can laugh at that. Thank you. Um, it, it, but truly what I think is it is your sacred obligation to share your gift. I'm going to say that again. It is your sacred obligation to share your gift and maybe even gifts, right? But because every single person has been given gifts. I, that's what I believe. Every single person. And they're all different. And we're all here for a reason. So um, if you're not sharing your gift, there will be a level of uncomfort that you will probably feel all the time when you're not mm -hmm. able to share your gifts. So there's a, there's a Japanese theory that's called Ikigai. I hope I'm saying that right. I've only read about it, um, but I find it so fascinating. So this is the Japanese theory for determining your life purpose. So it's the intersection of four things. It's the intersection of what you love to do, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. Hmm. And it's the process of cultivating your, basically your inner potential. So I'm going to say those things again, because they're, they're four big chunks, right? What you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. Because you might be good at, um, you know, something that if it, if you can't make any money on it, then that might, you know, you need to pay your bills. Like, it's just this honesty about you have, you have to find what the world needs, but also what you can get paid for and live on. But you also need to do what you love and do what you're good at. And you're good at some things and there's things that you love. You just have to figure out how to put those four pieces together. And in the middle of that is finding your life's purpose. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense with the hunger. Yes. Because when I love it yes. and it tastes good to yeah. me, and you know, just to push that metaphor a little further, um, you know, whether it's art or, or therapy or mindfulness or administration, whatever it is, leadership, if I like how it tastes, how, how I feel when I'm in that um, groove, then I'll, I have an appetite for it mm. and I'm hungry for it. And I want to do a little bit more and try a little bit of this and experiment with it and see where it goes. Yes. And I think it's because you're, you're tapping into your gift and you know that mm. you, you, I feel like there's this sense of joy when you tap into your gift. It just, it's, it's like the theory of flow. It's like this perfect harmony of like, 
this is what I was put here to do. And it feels so good. And sometimes, you know, you know, it takes you in a direction that's hard, that's you find you in, you encounter a challenge. And then what you do is you do everything you can to overcome that, but that's where you build your confidence. You take risks and maybe you fall down, but you get back up and you learn how to become more resilient. And sometimes you take risks and you're successful. And that's where you build your confidence and your belief in your abilities. So either way, it's a win-win. Hmm. You know, you talk to me a little bit, you know, when I, when I hear you talk about risks, it takes me back to the stories when you were, was it Austra- in Australia? Yes. Yeah. Living adventure trips? <laughs> yes. My other life, my past life. Yes. So this is where I really, I think, started to really tap into this whole theory of um, taking on challenges and finding what you're capable of. So there's a term for it and it's called self-efficacy. It's like finding what you're really made of. And this is just a very like, it's probably physical and like emotional in terms of courage in taking these. um, I took this adventure trip and I was 19 years old. I went to New Zealand and Australia for six weeks and pretty much every single day we tackled some sort of like wild challenge. So I grew up in Southern California. I, you know, I played like sports and stuff like that, but I'd never really done anything like what we were doing. So this was like wild stuff, like, um, you know, parapenting off of mountains where you basically, you run off a mountain with a parachute on. Um, It's great. Like I had never, and I was like, that seems crazy. But the more, like every day we did stuff, we learned how to rock climb. We did these multi-pitch climbs, thousand foot climbs, just, I like, you know, just wild adventure, just incredible things, incredible experiences. And I I saw myself transform. I saw everybody around me transform. And that was really like what happened on these adventure trips is people found out what they were capable of. And it was so much more than we had thought when we embarked on this adventure. So, and it was every day we did, uh, you know, wind sailing and uh, whitewater rafting and whitewater kayaking. And we rappelled through waterfalls and it was bananas and but every day we did it and every day we lived and every day we succeeded we would climb a mountain oh here I am now at the top of a mountain it was really hard I worked really hard but I got there just and every day was success after success after success and by the end it was like we I just feel like this group was like we can do anything and then I became one of the leaders on the trip because I want well, I was like, I want to help people do this. I mean, it was just right. Well, and it, what did it do? It tapped into my calling, right? Do what you love, do what you're good at, do what the world needs and do what you can get paid for. So I actually, you know, I didn't get paid, but my trip was covered. So I didn't have to pay to go on this amazing trip. And then we got to see people reach their potential and do things they never thought they could do. <gasps> It's the greatest. Oh, I can't like, it's just such a high. I can't even barely put words to it. Yeah. And it brings me back to the moment. There was this one moment when we were sitting in a room and we were working uh, at Washington middle school and there was a little girl who was um, presented with her test scores. Mm, Yes, of course. Oh man. Are you, are you prompting me to tell the story? Yeah. (laughs) 
Amazing. I was like, go ahead, Ellie. No, it was wonderful. We actually did it with about, I want to say at least 20 students. And what we did, we had really worked hard over the years to help students be like in charge and empowered by their goals and what they wanted to achieve. So a lot of times in education, I see that the teacher or the administrators, they have very clear goals. They know where they're going. They know what they want to achieve. But not so often, not so much is it like in the hands of the students. So at Washington, eventually, it took a few years, but eventually we got to the point where the students really felt ownership of their goals. And oh my gosh, that's it's, it's transformative, right? Like me telling you what you're you know, what you should do, Ellie, is totally different from you figuring out what you want to do. When you figure out your goals, like, you, you know, whole nother story, right? So these, these students set their goals. They worked all year. They worked hard, hard, hard with these goals in mind, always revisiting them, always thinking about it. It was theirs. And it was always about growth. It was never about something crazy. It was just about where are you now? and Where do you want to be? And that was just constantly that was the focus. And then these students got their test scores back. And so we realized we kind of wanted to be a part of that moment and experience them seeing their test scores. So we printed out their test scores. We brought them into this room and we, I, I matched them with one of their teachers. And then they got to be there with their teacher while they opened up their test score. And they opened up the, the tears, oh, Niagara Falls and the joy and oh. the, oh my gosh. And they literally talked about like finding out what they were made of. And it's funny because I just don't believe like the, the test wasn't that important. I mean, it's a high stakes test, but it's, it's not all defining, but it's just one of those things that they saw, they saw, like I worked really hard. I tried really hard on this test and I succeeded. I'm more than succeeded. They couldn't believe their scores. And then you could just see in their eyes, like, oh, I didn't know I was this person. And, and they said like, well, I, now I know. There isn't anything I can't do. That's what one girl said. I said, now, she said, now I know there isn't anything I can't do. And I was like, woo, mission accomplished. <laughs> like, girl, that just gave me chills all over oh, my body. Right. And this is like mm. a 12 year old. Um, she'd been mm. through so much. She'd been um, in the foster care system. She'd experienced homelessness. Uh, she just had, you know, wow. She'd been, she'd seen some challenges. And she uh, just pummeled this test. She just, she did, she, she, she scored at the highest level. And, and that was, and That's she highest. just, and that was it. She, I think in that moment she knew and she will be like the young woman who wrote, who read that poem at the inauguration. Like she, yes. she all right. I could see in her eyes in that moment, like, like it was the possibilities were limitless and imagine how limited your possibilities feel when you go through homelessness and uh, you know, all that comes with that and just how, you know, how hard that is. And that to have a moment where you're like, Oh no, I've got power. I have some power and here it is. Oh, that was just so impactful and such such a distinct moment in our life. I mean, I wasn't in the room when it happened, but I saw the video and I had the pleasure of having a student in my class the following year. But um, there's something that goes along with the, 
the striving for that goal and uh, the perseverance. And I remember very distinctly because her teacher was someone who really believed in her no matter what. Mm. And having that person alongside of you to cheer you mm-hmm. on, to believe in you, which is what you did for me, mm. to say, you've got this, you've got mm. this. And having a culture, because we were in a culture where our belief system, our, our, the reasons why we came to work is because we all believe that we could actually do mm. this. And whether that happens in a family or in a school or in a, in a corporate setting, having that that other person that other human being believe in you and support you and pick you up when you fall down you know or you know it was just a reason for those kids to come our students came to school on Saturday (laughs) yes a hundred of them by choice (laughs) we didn't make them yeah no that's it you got it and I think Mm -hmm. it's as a leader why that's so important to foster that culture. So I believe that first you need to model it. You need to show that you're pushing your own self and you need to be vulnerable in that. And you need to be transparent in that. Um, I think it's a really, really good start. And then you believe in, you know, the people who are also leading at the school, which are the teachers, right? So then they learn how to do it and then they model it for their kids and then the kids do it and then they model it for each other. And then I'm thinking about like the impact in their families because then they go home and they model it at home and in their communities. So it's just this like really powerful uh, way of being that if you can spread this, it's it's just a wonderful way to change the world. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to go back to the point of vulnerability and how is it that you model this through vulnerability? Mm, that's, that's a good question. So I, I really take opportunities. I, I really try to be um, like take advantage of opportunities to share when I've tried something and failed because I want my teachers and my students to know that I am one at the point that I'm risk-taking to the point that I can fail. So me, but I don't believe in failing. We can, we can talk about that later, but um, you know, I'm learning is what I would really call it. But I, I really like to be like, to share an example of like, I tried this. I thought I was going to, I thought it was going to be great. And it wasn't, you know, but this is what I learned. And so taking an opportunity to share that story, I try to be just really vulnerable in front of my staff all the time, because I feel like if you're, if you don't do that, you're not showing that you're human too. Because so you need to, uh, what that does is that allows them to be human. So I show I'm taking risks. Sometimes I win, sometimes I learn. And, and then you, the, the people who see you doing that too, they say, oh, then it's okay to do that. It's okay to take a risk. I, I told someone the other day at my school, it always, and it's funny, it always surprises me. Uh, we were on the phone because uh, we're apart and a lot of people are working from home because of the pandemic. But um, I had shared that it had been a very, very difficult week and that, um, that I, was, I was struggling. And they were just almost like, 
oh, like really? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's been, it's been a really hard week. I'm having a tough week, but I'm, you know, I'm still here, but whoo, you know, I'm getting knocked around a bit this week. And they were like, and they said, it's so funny. They said, that's so good to hear. <laughs> You know, I I knew what they meant, I, and I just I loved it because I, I I'm a very upbeat person, and I think sometimes people get the idea that that means that I expect everyone to be upbeat all the time and never have any problems, and you know that I don't have any problems, and that's just not the story. You know, that's not the truth. Um, I, but I work really hard to be positive. I work really hard to be upbeat, but I also really I work hard to be authentic. So, um, but it was so funny. She was so grateful. I said that because she said, I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear that because it's been a tough week for me too, is what she said. And I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's going to happen and that's okay. But we're, we're going to keep showing up. Like that was it. It was, we don't have to sugarcoat it. We're just going to keep showing up. It's just like keeping it yeah. real. You're just and not, you know what, can I say and, one thing about that too? I just think yeah, there's yeah, something yeah. about like, there's this fine line between keeping it real, which I really appreciate and love. And this other side of that, which can be these really like, I'm just going to say it like super downer people, like uh, just always everything is the worst and always everything is. And you're like, oh, you don't see like nothing like just, you know, I mean, just I so it's it's I, I just want to identify that I think it's a fine line. It's keep it real, but, you know, stay keep showing up and stay positive whenever you can. You know, don't don't overindulge, you know, don't indulge that darkness because then that's a spiral. So you can spiral up or you can spiral down. And that's your choice. But there's also that nice in between of like keeping it real as well. It goes back to what you were saying about either I succeed or I mm -hmm. learn. Because one thing I know about you is that you choose your words. Very, very mm -hmm. Words matter. <laughs> words matter. Right. And so having the students understand that or having our, you know, our listeners really ground in that idea that it's not really about failing, but about learning. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, in terms of the growth yep. mindset. And did you see how I bristled at my own words? Like when the word failing came out, I was like, oh, like, that was like oh, wait a minute. I was like, I don't even <laughs> use that word. How'd that come out? <laughs> I felt really uncomfortable because I just don't believe in failure. So, I mean, I just, I, yeah, right. I believe in you learn something, you learn how to do something differently, or you learn to not do that or, you know, but yeah, you're right. Words matter. And it goes back to, I, I really appreciate this phrase. It's just very simple phrase. Either I succeed or mm -hmm. I learn because it goes back to taking risks because it makes it easier to take a risk. At yes. That I'm thinking, I'm not going to fail at this, but I'm going to learn yes. from it. It's that big thing. It's like when you, when someone's ready to take on a, a challenge or tackle or take a risk, they say the big, big concern a lot of the time is like, what if I fail? And then I always think, but what if you succeed? Oh. Wow. Yeah. And sometimes the success is just so scary. Sometimes it is. Oh, isn't that funny? Ooh, the irony. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you do you know yeah. why it's scary? Because yeah. you are starting to discover your true potential. And when you tap into that and you see it, 
you're like, oh my God, <laughs> I can do all this. You're like, uh-oh, you know, because what, what is that saying with uh, power comes responsibility or yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like that. Like when you find out what you're capable of, you're, you, you realize now you are aware, like even more about your gifts and how much you're capable of. So time, time to get rolling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I, um, now that you said rolling, it reminded me of when I got my first Vespa, you know, we had just gone oh, back yes. from Italy yes. and everyone's riding in their Vespas. And I always had a dream about having a Vespa and, and riding like an Italian down PCH and stuff like that. And then we went to a Mazda dealer or a Vespa dealer. And of course I saw my dream Vespa and I was like, oh my gosh, should I do it? Should I do it? Yes. And I did. I bought the Vespa. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, so now, and you know, I'm just like, how do I get on the Vespa? Like, <laughs> wait, I have to, wait, I have to lift it up to get it off the kickstand. It weighs yeah. 100 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I read the manual, it was like, and this will cause death. Right. <laughs> Risk, this may cause death. And I kept reading it. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. I just bought this and it yeah, might cause death. It sure might. <laughs> That's the <pretty laughs> <Yeah. good> risk. <laughs> you, you can't have the glory without the risk. Yeah. Oh. That's you can't have the glory without the risk. It just doesn't. There's no glory. There's no glory in your comfort zone. I'm not encouraging mm. everyone to buy a Vespa, but you know. I, so I have something in front of me that I wanted to share with you. And I, I, I don't mean yes. to have this. This is, I'm not seeing this as about me, but I want, I want to say that this is what I dream of when I think about how I want to impact the world. And I got um, lots of lovely things for my staff uh, at Stevens this year at, at Christmas time and the holidays and um, just lots of really thoughtful things. And this, but this one teacher gave me this card that I cherish in a way that I can't even like, I keep it in my purse. <laughs> so just, so wow. I, I feel like I'm just going to keep it in my purse. I don't know how long, but I'm imagining quite a few years because this teacher said exactly what I dreamed of doing. So he said, he, he's writing all these things in this card. It's really lovely. He said, you are always on our side, supporting us along the way. You also push us to be our best and don't take excuses. I've grown so much thanks to you. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's what I want to do in the world. Like, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And it just brought me so much joy. I, it's funny because I read the you're always on our side part. And I was like, I don't, you know, I was like, oh, but I push you, you know, in my mind. And then he said, and you also always push us. And I was like, okay, okay, cool. I want to do both. But it just felt so good because that is my my life purpose. And it I, I I had a moment where I got to feel like I was achieving it when I read what he wrote. And that's what I hope for people. Oh, that's so beautiful. That is just so amazing. And it's such a great reason just to put one foot yes. in front of the other and just yes. ongoing, right? Because not oh every day gosh. feels like that. that. You know, not a lot of days feel really hard and a lot of days feel insurmountable and a lot of challenges feel that way. So that's why I thought, okay, so there's this thing about like setting yourself up to remind yourself of who you are. So I like to have pictures around my office that remind me, um, I, I had, uh, climbed Mount Whitney about 
gosh, like 10 years ago. So it's the highest peak in the continental United States. And it's a, it's a tough climb. And it, um, I got really, I got altitude sickness and all this, but I, I, I got, I made it to the top and it was gorgeous and it just felt amazing. So I've had this picture of myself on top of Mount Whitney in my office for years. And, um, that just, it's like having things around you that remind you of who you are and what you're capable of. And those many times that happen where you forget. And that's why I'm going to keep this card in my purse because I often forget what I'm capable of. I, I very often get down and feel like, oh, this isn't enough or I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this and I'm not succeeding in the way I want to. And then I, uh, I have to look at something or read something and I say, oh yeah, that's who you are. That's who you are. So you're right. One foot in front of the other. And I really appreciate how you reminded us to um, keep images of our true story of our true self in our consciousness. Yes. You know, it's because we can fall into a different story. Mm. We can start believing a different narrative. And you're like, but you still have this picture of when you did this. And that's what our kids need. You know, our, our students and just our, our friends. It's just like that image mm -hmm. or that picture or that memory of when you yes. did this. That is the story. And that was like the, when the students got their test scores, I think we tried to make it this experience for them. I don't think they'll ever forget sitting in that room and opening up those test scores next to their teacher. Like we made it very, uh, we really like kind of brought out that moment. And then I think that's what I love about these test scores. And I don't love everything about the process of the test scores, but what I love is that they have something tangible and it is like, you are far above where someone is normally at at this grade level. And this course shows that. So they have something tangible in their hands right now that I hope they keep those pieces of paper forever for when they, for when they lose their way. And I'm not, if they lose their way, when, cause we all lose our way. Right. That's, that's part of the journey. Right. It can't be all like fun and games right. all the time. <laughs> so, and it's part of what makes it beautiful. Like, I love contrast. I love contrast. I, I think there should be challenges because if it were all, again, if, it, if there weren't challenges, it'd be all easy. And then there's again, no glory in that. Wow. So I am going back to the idea of reality testing when I think about you saying those things, because we need to do some reality testing sometimes to see that is the current narrative that I have mm. in my mind real or is it something else? What is the possibility? Where can I find my true self? And just by having something that's objective, that's not someone's opinion, that is, you know, hey, this is something that you did, you accomplished, here it is, black and white. That's proof that you mm -hmm. can do this, right? You can that do you've this. done it. Sometimes we were just, yeah, you you've did done it. it. It's why you get a medal after you do a run. Wow. They're like, you need to put this somewhere. So you remember that you did it because you did. I love it. And, you know, I think back at like, kind of like tricking my brain into thinking that I can do something. Right. Like positive you affirmations. Know, and Yeah. Or like. I like what you do for <laughs> No, but I really believe it. I never say, I'm not going to say something I don't believe. Right? But you're like, here's your goal. Here's, this is your task. Go ahead and do it. And it's like, yeah, uh, you're like, wait, that's what? crazy. But yeah, no, but I see it. I see it and already have been, I already see it done in my mind. 
You already see it. Yes, done. before I even think about asking for it. Like before I even suggest it to you, I know it's possible. Wow. Just like the power of imaging yeah. too, right? And the power, the power of, of knowing, just the power of mm-hmm. believing. So you you really have a choice. And I think I, it's funny. We were I was thinking about, you know, us having talking about this today. And I was thinking about all the ways your mind can trick you into thinking that you can't. Yes. I mean, it's very powerful and it's because it's very protective because it knows that there's some scary stuff on the other side of believing that you can, right? There's the, it didn't happen, you know, chat like, uh oh, or the, it did happen. Oh no, I found out what I'm capable of. Like, so your mind and your body will be, is very protective. And um, especially your ego, your ego can be very protective. Like, uh, you know, I'm not going to take that on, embarrass myself, you know? So there's a lot of tricks that you're, that you're working against. And it's really good to be aware of those. Cause then, like you said, Ellie, you can say like, I know what's happening here. I know this is a game that my mind plays. I like, I, sometimes if I just become conscious of it, like, cause sometimes I'll feel like I am literally the worst principal. Like <laughs> it happens way more often than you would think. But I think, I think, okay, well, is that, it's like what you said, is there's some reality testing and I, well, and there's imposter syndrome too. Like, I think I've just been faking it the whole time. And, you know, and again, those are like the tricks that your mind is playing on you. So I, I have to like say, okay, is that, is that accurate? Like, is that really true? And I think, oh man, that's not true. You know, and it just takes, it takes a minute to get through, but, but when you know that's what's happening, then you can sort of work through it versus letting it win. Mm. Some people call it like the elephant and then the person mm. who rides the elephant. So the, right. The elephant's like big and strong and the elephant's like, ah, you know, knocking over stuff and, you know, but if the, are you the writer? Are you like going to let the writer lead the writer of the elephant? Are you going to let the elephant lead? Wow. Wow. And it goes back to your saying about destiny. Mm-hmm. We would, uh, you know, just, you know, you had this, the model, the school model. Mm. Through academic right, excellence academic. and perseverance, we achieve our destiny. And that I love that word. Destiny is like what you are put here to do, like what your life's achievements will be. And it's really, and it's beyond academic excellence. It's through excellence and perseverance. Wow, Isn't it fun stuff? We end, we end up with destiny. <laughs> oh. Yes, it was amazing. It was amazing. Oh, I just, I, you know, just to our listeners, I just hope that sharing these stories and sharing um, Megan's philosophy in life and all of her wisdom, you know, brings you a deeper sense of joy and belief in yourself and opportunity and dreams that you can just hold on to and, you know, and just fly with. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing all of your gifts with us and for, for believing in us and, uh, you know, just, keeping us true. Mm, thank destiny. you, Ellie. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been such a pleasure. And I it really, it, it talking about these things reminds me of them too. So it makes me more cognizant of them. And 
Um, just keeping our true purpose and our potential in our hearts as often as possible is very empowering and very inspiring. So thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's our pleasure. And to all our listeners, um, I just want to, you know, send this out and hope that it falls and uh, plant seeds of hope and joy and the days to come. Thank you. Love you, Ellie. Love you, listeners. Be well, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Thanks, Megan. Ciao.